You're listening to Irish Radio Candles Home and Abroad, and I'm at the Godridge Celtic Roots Festival, sitting across from Eamon O'Leary of the Murphy Beds, and Eamon originally from Dublin, um, up here for the first time, I think, at the Godridge Celtic Roots Festival. Uh, Eamon, fantastic sitting across from you. Thanks a million for coming along. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Um, Murphy Beds, a duo, yourself and Jefferson. Tell us a bit about... That's uh, right. Before we talk about the Murphy Beds, tell me a bit about you and your musical background and the Dublin side of it. Yeah, I grew up in Dublin and I not an especially musical family, although we all like a, a good sing song, but I, I really got into Irish music and child music through my friendship with a family from the west of Ireland and uh, three sisters and two brothers and they were the Mayock family. They were from just outside Castlebar in County Mayo and they just became very dear friends of mine over the years and they all moved up to Dublin at different points and uh, they played fiddle and flute and mandolin and bazooki and everything but none of them really played guitar so I had a little uh, a little way in and I used to just that that's really was my first introduction to traditional music and we used to play sessions around Dublin together and I just sort of fell under the, the spell of that, you know, as a teenager. So before traditional, um, were you, yeah, you were just playing guitar? Just scratch around, folk, folk songs yeah. on, on the guitar and stuff. But that really got me, that opened my eyes to, to this whole new thing. And uh, Yeah, it was great. And uh, played around Dublin. I went to, you know, while, while I was in college in Dublin, then I was out most nights playing tunes and in pubs and uh, doing your practicals exactly, exactly. <laughs> it was, a, it was a, an education of some sort or other um, and uh, then uh, of what stage did you emigrate? well I came kind of full time after you know in my early 20s I had been back and forth a bit I had I'd spent some time here a bit earlier when I was younger and I, and I so I knew some people here arrived in New York then in the mid 90s and uh, the second night I was in New York I think I had a gig the first night I, I, I gave myself the night off and uh, went for a couple of pints but the second night I had a gig and and it was funny it was just the, the, there's a tight music community there in New York and I just sort of fell into it and I was it's been great you know and it's um, you know, then played around the city for ages, got to know the community, and at that time there were some of the great older players, Andy McGann and the likes of that, who are no longer around, but it was great to get to play with some of those characters. And then only later kind of got into more the, the traveling and the, the, the gigging and that, and it's been, it's been the same ever since, you know. Simon, um, uh, a question you don't have to answer if you don't want to. Yeah. When you did come and you got work on the second night, yeah. were you legal at the time? I was, I was. I'd gotten one of those visas in a, in a lottery, you know. One of those, exactly, one yeah. of those visas. And so, and at the time there were... The allocations were very generous, and so a lot of people were getting them. And uh, so I had a lot of friends, you know, in, in New York. And I mean, New York was 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 very exciting at the time for me. And it was I, I, there was a little coffee shop down at St Mark's Place called the Chine Cafe, run by a Dubliner. And uh, I got a job there, you know. And it was great live music every night, mostly kind of singer songwriter type stuff. But. Uh, I got to know two great friends who went on to become great friends John Doyle and Susan McKeown and they used to do a weekly gig there 
and uh, I was just loved what they were doing with songs and with song arrangements and, and uh, became great friends and I went on to play with both of them over the years you know different uh, different projects but that was a definitely a formative time for me for sure so when we do said then the music has been your career or, or, yeah. or was it a case of that you had to supplement um, well like I said I got a I had a job uh, in, a, in, in a coffee shop in, yeah. in the, when I first arrived and I think I tended bar for about six months or maybe it was even less than that and, right. and it wasn't uh, and then you know I, I mean the odd time I'd help out you know my brother doing a carpentry job oh, yeah, or whatever yeah. it was yeah, but yeah. no really I've mostly I mean I really have made a living at it since those early days it's fantastic yeah. there's so many struggle absolutely no I've been very fortunate and given then that you are such dependent upon music for your livelihood and yeah. um, 2020 to 2022 particularly yeah. was a time when you guys in the entertainment industry oh, you guys were put on hold we were and it was you know, it was hard enough I mean there was uh, there were little avenues and ways of kind of you know and you do a little live stream gig or you teach some more lessons or things like that but we got through it and uh, you know of course we I mean, it was it was a, a little bit of a reset, a bit of a break, and in some ways that was welcome. In some right. ways, I mean, I'd spent 2019, for example, just on the road. You know, right. I'd spent so much time on the road that I, 2020 was uh, almost came as a welcome break from 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 some of that. And uh, but then, of course, I missed the the community and yeah. I missed the music and I missed. Uh, but it has really come back pretty. Well. When something like that happens, I know in talking to people that are creative, some said that COVID, they lost their creativity and they lost their enthusiasm. Mm. Others said it gave them the break they needed to actually yeah. be more creative. Yeah. Uh, and uh, for, so for some it was a stimulant, yeah. and for others it was the reverse. I'd say I was more in that camp. I, I found it to be, I, it's like I say, you know, you have to go back to the well sometimes. Yeah. You know, if you're if you're always traveling and playing the, you know, just trying to keep up with things and it, it did, it was a chance to go back and learn some music, write some music and, and I, I did find it to be a creative time actually and, um, and uh, yeah, and then it was lovely to do some, like with Jefferson for example, we did a couple of live stream gigs on the internet and but the amount of support and people who reached out from all over the world, like people who, you know, were fans or friends or whatever, who reached out to us. And it was it was just a really palpable example of the, the community, of the breadth of that community and also the generosity of that community. Right. So it was, it was lovely. In a normal time, would you go home often? I would, yeah. I'd be home three or four times a year. So COVID put stop to that as well? Yeah, I mean, I did, I did manage to get in once or twice to Ireland uh, and just... just to see family, not yeah. not for any kind of gigs or anything like that. And as you know, the lockdown was very strict yes. in Ireland, so it was mostly just uh, within a few kilometres of my mother's house. That, yeah. was, that was the extent of it. Right. Uh, the Murphy beds. Uh, yeah. Yourself and Jefferson. When did you guys come together? And uh, I, I 
was thinking, you know, giving us the Murphy beds, when do you come out of the closet? Well, exactly, yeah. <laughs> Everyone wants to know. Uh, he, he moved to New York in about 2008, and we just became pals hanging around at the sessions and stuff. Right. And, but we kind of recognized a, a, a kinship and a common interest, and not just in Irish music, but it was some of the other stuff that we both, you know, just American music, country music, old-time music, just songs, really, yeah, more yeah, than anything. Yeah. We just had a, an affinity, and sometimes you just sit down with another musician, and, you, and, and there's, there's a recognition there, and yeah. I, it's, a, it's a mysterious thing. I don't it's know. It's a kind of a synchronicity without knowing what the hell's going on. Yeah, and so we played in a couple of different formats. We played in a sort of a four-piece and a trio, and it eventually whittled it down to a duo. And we've been doing that and touring and, and made a couple of records like since about, well, since over 10 years anyway, right. 12 years right. maybe. And uh, a lot of touring in the States and Canada, but also we would try to get to Ireland at least once a year right. and play gigs around Ireland. And, you know, Jefferson's a very skilled Irish player, but he's also got a deep knowledge of other music. And so I loved playing in Ireland with him. I, the, the, the response we got was really encouraging, you know. Uh, just, and, and some of the venues in Ireland uh, I just loved, you know. And, and uh, we also toured in Europe and the UK and you know, around Germany and also all the usual places. But I, I just loved our gigs in Ireland. There's something about it. I know Jefferson's not here with us, so I can but where's Jefferson from originally? He's from Massachusetts originally. But so, and the reason I'm asking is because when if you go up onto his home turf, yeah. you're the fish that's out of water. So yeah. when he went onto your home turf, exactly, yeah. Yeah. Um, what do you sense, or did he give you feedback of how that experience was for well, you? You see, sometimes, I mean, this is a classic thing with any touring band, is people want and they want to I don't want to use the word pigeonhole but they want to be able to quantify and identify you yeah. and they want it to be familiar yeah. so sometimes we'll get billed as an Irish band like yeah. at a Celtic festival for yeah. example the yeah. one here so that's fine but that's not all we do of course yeah. you know we do other repertoire we both write songs and we do songs from all kinds of different places so but the interesting thing is I feel like touring in the States and Canada there's more of an expectation that we're going to be a quote unquote Irish act I don't feel that expectation when we play in Ireland do you right. know what I mean right. people are people love to hear a, a country song or a, an original song by right. Jefferson or a, whatever it happens to be there's more and I'm not saying the audience here are not open to it it's just that you know often you get billed yes. as an Irish act yes even though we like to think of ourselves a bit more expansively than that you know Who would and I would that have anything to do, do with the name and itself? I mean, and the, that you see, that's the funny thing is because, like, the first, you know, when we started playing, the, like, the, na the name was really just the name of an album. Right. And then it just kind of became a nickname and it became a shorthand and it yeah. was, instead of billing it under our own names yeah, all yeah, the time, yeah. that name got, just got attached to us and kind of stuck and almost yeah. as a joke. But yeah. then it, you, you, you sort of, it, <laughs> you kind of lose control of the narrative you know and it becomes and then it is there is a there is a convenience in having a band name because ultimately you hope you are more than the sum of your parts you know right. so it's right. not just Jefferson and Eamon yes it's, it's this other entity right then would as a result of the name or would that create 
a pigeonholing within the program and festival directors yeah, even probably probably I mean I don't know I mean I've I go back and forth on it and of course you know in Ireland a Murphy bed is an unknown correct there's no such thing so it's a, it mystifies people on both sides <laughs> of the Atlantic so that's yeah it's like in golf there's no mulligans in Ireland right exactly yeah exactly <laughs> but um, so uh, you, how many albums have you guys under your belt at this stage? well we've two kind of out in the world but we have record we have some other stuff that's sort of waiting to be to be released uh, that we've recorded and we both stay busy with other projects when yeah. we're not playing together uh, I worked with the trio for the last few years with Nula Kennedy and John Doyle oh, yeah. called yeah. The Alt and that was more of, that was a more straight up Irish trad act you know what right. I mean like songs and tunes a lot of harmony singing and that but that was a more I felt like that, that was a more comfortable fit maybe for some of these venues and festivals right, you know. right. uh, I worked with them a lot I've also put out a few records of my own songs okay. under my own name uh, and yeah I, I mean I do love collaborating with different people I mean it's always great to come back and work with Jefferson because uh, well, it's just all the, the years and the history and it's just great to kind of to, to, to reunite and to feel that again and, and to remember oh yeah why why we got together in the first and, place and I guess in that what you're describing sounds to me like you know when you or I get off the plane in Dublin early in the morning there's something about the feeling mm-hmm. and it's uh, yeah. in a way there is the familiarity and there's that yeah. comfort so if you're yeah. if you've played with someone for a long number of years I guess it's somewhat akin to that it is absolutely and uh, but we, we do try to you know we, we refresh the set we don't do the same material you know you couldn't yeah. you, 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 you couldn't yeah. do the same material all the time and so we do work on new songs and we'll send each other things and we'll get together and kind of own a new set and uh, which is always great I, I love the process because for us it's, it's a lot of it is about the arrangement you know and the two voices and then the two instruments and those four elements trying to blend them in in, 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 a, in, in the best way possible when you mentioned the instruments uh, you're playing the bazooki yeah. all this um, when did you migrate from or include the bazooki over the guitar well it's funny like I I think part of it is just the people I've worked with so like two of the bands you know working with Jefferson and then working with John Doyle and the Alt I mean two like absolutely brilliant guitarists right. and I thought well there's no need for there's no need for me to play guitar with these guys so the bazooki just is this different voice it, yeah. it, I love the space that it occupies in the music because it's somewhere between you know say the fiddle and the guitar it's a sort of a mid middle voice and it's not quite a mandolin no exactly so it's, it's, it's and it's definitely not a ukulele no it occupies a, a musical space that I really enjoy uh, and I just find that I can find a, enough contrast with with the other instruments like if he's playing guitar or he's playing mandolin and I like the way it, it uh, resonates with the voice and the whole thing and yeah. you know as you know like the, the bazooki players in Ireland that I grew up listening to I mean those are just such iconic recordings and uh, 
you know, uh, it, it, it's. I, I still go back and marvel at, at some of those those records, you know. Uh, but I'm also in the very fortunate position that, like, some of those records that I grew like last week, for example, I was on tour with Kevin Burke, okay. who would be one of the people that I grew up listening to, yes. you know. And those albums from the 1970s with the Bathy Band and yeah. all those yeah. things, like, they were just formative for me and for so many people in my right. generation. Right. But now to actually be on stage with Kevin, it's, I, I still get a thrill from that, you know. And like, well, you mentioned Kevin in that context. One of the question I've asked a lot of people who, like you, are performers. Has there been a pinch me moment in your career where you kind of said this couldn't be real? Like, like this is something I would have aspired to, or that I'm playing with this individual who I admire so much. That I'm, yeah. is this moment real? I know you. You regularly have to just. I mean, it's you just you have to recognise the moment. And, and last week is a good example. I was touring in Nova Scotia with Kevin but also with a guy called Bruce Molsky and I'm a huge fan of American old time music right. and I do play you know five string banjo and, 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 and Bruce would be just a revered character in old time music and then with the three of us myself Kevin and Bruce on stage every night together definitely one of those moments where you look around and you say alright I must be doing something right if, yeah. if I'm yeah. sharing the stage with these guys and uh, it's great yeah and I can when they start to play it's like I I can cast my mind back to all those records. Yeah, it's, it's great. And it's, it's important to recognize those moments and be grateful for them. Um, if there was a festival that you could play at and you were given the choice, where would you like to... to well, you know what the festival that I'm... Funny, I mean, I'm, I'm keen to go to is... Uh, I mean, there are so many, there are countless festivals, but I've become very good friends in recent years with two brothers uh, from, they grew up in County Carlow, but their family roots are in Donegal, uh, the McGlynn brothers, and they have a duo called Ye Vagabonds. Oh, yes. And they've yes. become my, my absolute favorite group coming right. out of Ireland at the yeah. moment. And, and they reached out to me and Jefferson a few years ago because they were fans of our music, and we, we managed to get together. We toured Ireland together with them, and I've kept in close contact with those guys and I just love the work they're putting out right. and, and the spirit in which they do it and their family live in, on Aranmore Island in Donegal and they put on a festival now every May I think it's called Roshirua but it's, it's, it's mostly I think a singing festival right. but right. there's also some you know the tunes and so on and I've absolutely determined to. I almost made it this year but the calendar didn't quite allow but uh, that's the first thing that comes to my mind is I want to make it to Aranmore Island and uh, be at that festival and reunite with, with some great old friends because many would probably say something like Glastonbury no 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 I'll take Aranmore over Glastonbury there you go and that, I guess that's an indication <laughs> of where the heart is yeah um, we're going to wrap up we're going to share a piece of music right what are we going to share Oh, uh, you, you want to hear a, a, a song from the, the beds? Yes. Uh, well, how about uh, the first track from our first record? How, how about that? It's a place to start. And that's an old song. It's a Donegal song, actually. Uh, Irish Suicide Story, but in, in English uh, called Rise Up My Darling. And it was a, the, the translation was actually done by an American folk singer named Julie Hennigan. But a beautiful translation from the Irish, I think. And uh, 
so it's a song that Jefferson and I have been playing for years now and it's, it's, it's still a favourite <laughs> Kerosene 